Welcome to Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston. Here's where I get to talk to amazing people from all over the world who are making a positive impact and discuss topics in every single area of life. The sky's the limit. Some might be a little controversial, but eh, we don't shy away from them because everyone I speak to is coming from a good space. So it's an opportunity to learn a lot and expand your mind. Well, hello there. Today's awesome and inspiring podcast guest is Annabelle Lee. I've been so excited to do this with her. We had a schedule conflict, so I waited. And then finally, I'm here in New York City, so excited. Just met with our publisher, Skyhorse Publishing. We have the same publisher. And I get to talk with Annabelle. So before she jumps in here, let me just read a little bit about her. Annabelle Lee worked as a fashion model I can see that for more than 15 years with elite and Ford agencies while raising, oh, it's a party. I love boys while raising her four boys. Keep that in mind. Four boys. She spent a lot of time in the kitchen. Of course she did. All they do is eat of the little farmhouse. She and her family built on five acres in the Southern California, oh, so jealous California countryside. When time rewarded her, with a few wrinkles, which we love, an extra pounds, and a diagnosis of an autoimmune arthritis and lupus, we don't love, she became committed to learning about health, disease, and aging. Ooh, we're going to benefit from this one. And discovered how simply eating real food could change her life. The book, which I love, it's gorgeous, I got it, it's amazing, The Ultimate Grain-Free cookbook. Hello, Annabelle. How are you? Hi, Sandy. I am great. And I'm so excited to be talking to you today. I know. So where are you right now? Are you still on your acres of land in Southern California? Right now, I am in Southern California. I am not on our acres of land at the moment. But um, I am in my uh, little office here set up to speak with you. So no wait, you have is it still on your property or is it separate? No, this is separate. It's it's closer to town. Um we're in a we're in a really cute little uh wine country town called Temecula. Okay. And um it's in uh, a little bit closer to where I can get around to things uh when I need them. Oh, so your office is off site. I love well, that. I have an office at home as well. So okay. you know. And how long does it take you to get home? Oh, about 20 minutes. All right. And then when you're home, is it really like there's nothing but animals and trees for miles? It's beautiful. It is. And one of the reasons why we picked this area was uh, exactly that. You know, it was one of the spots in Southern California that we could, um, you know, feel like we weren't in the middle of everything. And uh, there was actually still land that could be plucked up um, that wasn't outrageously priced. And uh, I think everyone's kind of catching up now because we're super centrally located here. Right in the middle of, uh, you know, I always say we're an hour from everything, just about, it's an hour to the mountains, to uh, some snow, it's an hour to the beach. It's that's everywhere in California. Desert. <laughs> yeah, that's everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere in yeah. California. Usually I go out there. I have so many friends that live in California. If I become close to somebody, Annabelle, almost 
90 times out of like a hundred, they're going to move to California. I'm like, uh, you're going to move to California or Florida. So I go out to California all the time. And usually it's like two hours to everything. So an hour, that's pretty darn good. Yeah. An hour is even better. I don't know. Something about the Southern California uh, placement that, that uh, Temecula is, it's just, you know, it's close to everything, but just far enough away to give us that peace when we need it. <laughs> my goodness. Oh my. So how have long to visit someday. Yeah. Oh, oh you gosh, don't I... say that because I'll be sleeping <laughs> on your desk bed. <laughs> there you go. Um, I have lived in California since I was two. Um, and grew up in San Diego because my dad was a Air Force guy and he retired when I was two. So I was born in Mississippi on an Air Force base. And then uh, uh, my parents came out here to retire, which is actually where they were from as well. So our, all our relatives, everything, I'm really uh, pretty much a Southern California gal. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, and I we got out. Uh, once I got married, uh, my husband and I um, lived in New York for more than 10 years. And we lived in uh, South Carolina and we've lived in Northern California. So we've kind of moved around a bit, but we, I always had my eye on this little town called Temecula and it, it, it was a little cowboy town actually. And we've saved the old town near the freeway, uh, which is pretty cool. It's becoming um, a little full of tourism and restaurants and that right now. But uh, before that it was just antiques and you know, real estate agents, not much going on. And, and we've been here about 20 years and I would just watch it and go, when is this going to happen? And I think past few years, it's just exploded. Mm. It's exploded. Yeah. But you know what? At least you have your little piece of heaven. Like you know, your five acres. That's right. You're carved out. You got it. So now tell me about the four boys. What are their ages right now? Oh my gosh. You mean four young men? Um, Yes. Young men. Yes. I'll tell you, um, they do grow fast, but they are all about, uh, over six feet tall. Tallest Mm -hmm. is about six foot four. (laughs) So I feel like a real shrimp. My husband's about six, two and I'm five, nine, but I'm the shrimp here. So five, nine is tall. But the boys, oh gosh, uh, the oldest one is, oh, 40. Did I say 40? The oldest is 40. Then we have, uh, uh, the youngest is, is almost 30. So, so those are our kids now. Uh, but they helped us build the farmhouse. Um, they, it was a lot of, uh, teenage muscle back then. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was great, great fun. Lots of, lots of memories. So does any, do the enemy of them live nearby? Oh, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, our uh, second son and his wife moved to Oregon about two years ago, and they're up in Eugene. Okay. And uh, we miss them terribly, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they love Oregon. It's a little more um, extreme weather, but not so much so that, you know, they're shoveling snow too much and all. But, yeah. Um, you know, they got to get up there and experience things, but I wouldn't doubt if they make their way back down here. (laughs) (laughs) But the other three are near you? Yes, they are. Yeah. All within 30 minutes or so. And we, we've got three grandkids, two boys and, and a granddaughter. Yeah. Well, I, I only have two, but I'm always, my house is always filled with kids, but my daughter lives in Florida and she's married and has a little boy and she's 36 or seven, I think. And my son is 15. So there's a big wow. gap. Yeah, wow. freshman in high school. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, that's so, fun. I you know. And so I got a grandson who's like four, you know, and then right. my son, you know, it's, but it's fun. I love it. Yeah. And, you know, still having that 15 year old at home is pretty fun. It, it, well, you know, that age, I guess it depends. depends on the day. Let me tell you, depending on the day. <laughs> but it's great. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. So I want to back up here a little bit because it said that you started out your career as a fashion model. Is that why you were in New York City? Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. And boy, that was fun. Lot was of it fun? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had a we had a ball. I was married really young and had um, my first child but before I ever started modeling. And uh, that I started in, <clears throat> excuse me, in Los Angeles. And uh, the agents in New York came out and asked me to come out to New York. And, you know, uh, we just thought, yeah, this is a once in a lifetime kind of thing. We really need to to go do it. And so we did. And, um, my husband was really supportive and, um, continued, you know, we had, when I got pregnant with the fourth, with my fourth son, we decided enough was enough and we, of the city and we made our way back to, uh, to San Diego, um, where I had him. And then we raised, you know, the, I, I guess my oldest at that time was about 11 or oh, Okay. <clears throat> and so they were, you know, basically raised here in their early years. They spent in New York, but yeah. Um, but yeah, New York was great. We, uh, we started out on the Upper East Side and wound up right across uh, in Battery Park City, right across from the Trade Center. That was, ah. uh, that was my son. What kind of modeling did you do? Like, <clears throat> what did you do? Well, I did mostly print, um, you know, a lot of, uh, fashion catalog okay. and, and, uh, and commercial. And then, uh, yeah, I did some commercials and, uh, I, a little bit of runway. Um, but, but mostly just, you know, the, do you get to keep the clothes? That's all I want to know. Oh no, that's so much. Well, at least I didn't, I don't know. Maybe some special models got to, you know? Yeah. I mean, there were a couple of jobs where you could do that, but, but mostly no, no, no. Yeah. It's so fun. I love that you're you know, your path, how it took you in such a dramatic change, you know, like from like New York to Southern California. And it sounds like you did it without skipping a beat, you know, that every part of it was fun. Like, and I, I love that because as much as I love New York, I'm a country girl, but I still uh, love visiting New York. Right. But right. I like my solitude. You know, I, I want to, I told my husband once, my son is graduated. Like he wants to move into the city and I want my farm with the animals. You really? Know? Your husband wants to go to the city. Wow. So we, we live. All right. So I'm from the Philadelphia area and we live in the suburbs. Um, I don't know if you heard Valley Forge Park or Villanova. So it's a sure. beautiful area. Sure, and sure. we both do the reverse commute into Philadelphia. Okay. And I mean, I love city, but I love, you know, the suburbs. And if anything, I would be even out a little further just Ten or fifteen minutes, right next to the farms. But yeah. my husband wants to move into the city and simplify, like completely opposite. No yard work. No, like I love yeah, like, yeah, yeah. gardening, okay. you know, and I love flowers and I love planting. So right. it's like, well, you know, we'll just decide that we still have three and a half years. But I like going into the city, but then having that peace and solitude, you know, right. me and my garden and the animals. Right. Well, that's why so many uh, city dwellers have their country homes. You know, I mean, it just it gives you that chance to go out and recharge. I mean, let's face it, 
the energy can, uh, there's a lot of energy in the city. And uh, as much as some people really um, charge up from it, I think there's a yeah. lot of people that it exhausts and you oh just got to go out and yeah. yeah commune with nature a little bit. So yeah, I mean, even me, I mean, I get charged up being with all these people, but I still need to balance and, you know, come back and focus and clear my head out, you know, to get space, you know? So don't, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, We all do. We all do. All right. So now the book, I love your book. I love it. Thank you so much. No, no, it's beautiful. It's amazing, but it's also not, you know, just about cooking. It's informative. I love your philosophy. I mean, I'm serious. Like there wasn't one thing I didn't think was like off the chain. I mean, it's just, it's Thank great. you, Sandy. Yeah, it so really much. is. And as a fellow author, like I was so happy for you because I could see your vision and your passion in the book. So let's back up of, you know, because I great things are inspired out of need for oneself a lot of times. And, you know, I could see that, you know, the diagnosis, you know, probably did inspire you to learn, like, how the freak am I going to do this? And I don't want to take all these drugs. I'm just assuming, and there must be ways to get around this. Right. Exactly. Well, uh, that's, I mean, you hit it on the head there. Um, this was many, many years ago. And so there was not the type of information out there, or at least as much of it as there is now. So how many years ago? Oh, this was probably about 12 years ago when I first really started um, feeling some issues and, and tried to find some help because my, all the doctors wanted to do was, you know, give me painkillers, et cetera. So, yes. Oh no. Um, yeah, mine was a little bit of a roller coaster in the beginning, but, um, it, after I started feeling, you know, and it was all sort of happening during menopause, uh, age, which was even more confusing because, you know, you had all the hormones or I had all the hormones going. Yeah. You didn't know what was going on or why it was happening. Right. Right. And all the doctors, you know, some of the better doctors would go straight to the hormones um, because that was kind of what was in back then. Suzanne Summers had come out with her book and, and, um, and that. So I knew that I was having some hormonal issues, but I also knew that there was a lot more going on than that. And, um, so, you know, I just started, uh, I started reading books. It seemed like, um, when I walked in the bookstore, it almost seemed like I was led to some books that just really started opening my eyes. And, uh, so one by one, I started reading those. And then, um, as the internet became more helpful, you know, I started using the internet and all, and I still was, going to different doctors. And, um, at the time, just like holistic, uh, doctors, I don't think the functional doctors were even, uh, termed functional doctors back then, but, um, uh, slowly and, but surely I, I came to the conclusion, uh, with trial and error that, uh, grains were my biggest, my biggest problem, my biggest enemy, I should say. I, you know, uh, also gluten-free was, was kind of becoming big and it's like, Oh, well, if you have problems, you know, that's everybody goes gluten-free and they feel better. And, and of course that was probably my first, um, my first mistake, but I, when I went gluten-free or was trying to, I was using a lot of gluten-free recipes and that, and just, you know, really filling my body up on a lot of these 
starches and starchy flours yeah. and just, additives and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I was getting, you know, putting really putting the weight around my middle and people are, I don't know, it's hormonal. You'd say, no, this is more than hormones. I'm telling you. So, uh, you know, I found that, that the replacement that gluten-free people have or the dependence that they have on things like tapioca and arrowroot and rice, uh, flours and that are just, um, not real helpful. Those those starchy things just turn straight to sugar in your in your yeah. blood. Can we can we back up because I know sure. that you know there are many people that do you know know you know what gluten free meat and what you're not supposed to have. But I think a lot of times, Annabelle, it's just a buzzword and they just mm-hmm. think it's bread. So why don't you say when people say gluten free, what it is that people can't have? Well, it's the it's the gluten in wheat and uh, people that are celiac have uh, a real issue yep. with that protein. And it's a, it's basically a lectin, I believe. I don't I know if you've read the, the newest stuff on the, with the plant paradox and all the, the lectins, uh, the talk no, about lectins these days or um, they're, you know, in plants and they can really, um, wreak havoc on people that have, uh, arthritis and different autoimmune illnesses, I guess. But, um, gluten is, uh, is a protein lectin that bothers a lot of people. And we're so used to eating it that, uh, we don't even realize that we're becoming, uh, resistant to it or it's, Mm -hmm. um, bothered our, our gut and, um, you know, made it a little bit leaky because it damages it. And then different things get through our gut and go into our bloodstream and move around places that it, that they're not supposed to be. And it can be anything from different, um, aggravating, uh, uh, things that are in different foods, or it can be microbes that, really we're supposed to just stay in your gut and go out and they can make their way through and it can just cause can wreak havoc on you. Yeah. My, um, my business partner, um, David Rambo was diagnosed very young, um, with, uh, diabetes and the same thing kind of happened where, you know, all these medications you're supposed to be on and he just researched and researched and decided he was going to eat healthy and really, really, you know, investigate what's good and bad. And he got off all the medications. He looks amazing. He looks great. He actually started a company called Simplex Health, which really is nutritionists that are registered dietitians, but they also, you know, they're not just following the book. You know what I mean? They would love your book. Like they, they try to educate people on the good, bad, and the ugly, I call it. But the one big thing that he is the one that taught me too is just because it's gluten-free, there mm-hmm. could be all kinds of problems that come along with it. Cause, and I said, oh, my God, he would love your book because that's exactly what you're saying. Right. So people, people don't know. They're thinking, great, it's gluten-free. It's so healthy for me. You know, it, it was the big craze. Remember the big thing yes. that it's low fat? Do you remember that craze? Oh, the worst. Yeah, that was yeah. the worst. And then everybody was eating all these chemical and garbage things. And my dad used to always say to me, Sandy, if you're going to eat it, eat it real, eat it homemade. Like he was so right, you know, God rest his soul. But, you know, he ate a little bit of everything, but he was always like, I don't know about this, you know? And, you know, he he passed away like when he was 87, but he always would say to me, like, if I'm going to have sugar, I'm going to have real sugar. Yeah. You know, not a lot, but I'd rather, you know, be eating homemade. 
Exactly. And, and I understand that now the, the sweeteners are something that's a little bit different now. And I always had that mindset about um, if I'm going to eat sugar, I'm going to eat real sugar. Uh, and again, not a lot. And yeah. to this day, I'll still do that. But um, there are some really good safe sweeteners out there now that now there are blood yeah. sugar. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a little bit different. So the sugar, a lot different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I should say it is a lot different. Um, yeah. The sugars are the, are this, you know, I, my website says it's uh, loving life without uh, gluten grains, sugar, or starch. And that's really, I, I yeah. add gluten in there, even though when you're grain free, you're obviously gluten free, but to some people, they haven't made that connection yet. No, I understand. Um, yeah. But so. it's like, I'm glad you're saying that because I think the biggest thing that you pointed out is the gluten free products could be just as harmful. So let's back up there because that's what you were talking about. Right. That, Not just the products, but the recipes out there. The re- oh, even the recipes. Even some of the paleo recipes and that, which it, there's a lot of them that, are, that say, oh, well, it's refined sugar free. Well, refined sugar, you know, is is refined sugar. But when you, <laughs> when you do, when you replace it with all the other sugars out there, just because they're not refined doesn't mean that it's OK. I mean, yeah. when you're putting um, the gluten free recipes are all full of starch, like I said, tapioca, et cetera. Yeah. And you add sugar to this starch and then maybe some rice flour, which again is also starchy and full of, uh, you know, if you're not buying organic, you're going to get a heavy dose of arsenic in there. Um, you know, you combine those three things in a recipe or, you know, something you're buying at the store. And it's just like a complete sugar slam to your body because it just all turns to glucose. Like some of the starches turn, uh, quicker to, to, uh, tape, I mean, as quickly to table sugar in your you know, blood. It's just like immediate. You know, all right. So let, let's back up with your stories because I like to get real down and personal here. So there you okay. are feeling mm-hmm. crappy, going to the doctors, going mm-hmm. through menopause, then putting in all the medicines and you realize it's not working. Right. No, what I need you try to go, okay, I'm going to do this. Well, uh, you know, through my research, when I started this, the whole gluten free thing, and I started feeling worse, instead of better, and I started gaining weight. And then I just went through a little more, you know, research and was realizing, you know, these starches are, are the worst, number one. And then um, I just start it kind of clicked, like with your dad would tell you, it's like, you know, there are so many uh, compounds in nutrients in whole foods that we don't even know or understand what they do for us. And, um, at least at this point, and I, and I thought, you know, a sweet potato, for instance, which by the way, is not a potato at all. It's from the morning glory family. So you can't lump it in with the, the old, you know, russet potatoes. Yeah. But, um, for instance, the sweet potato has, lots of fiber and its own starch and its own sugars and, um, its own, you know, moistness and all. And I thought, you know, let me use my food processor and start experimenting with whole foods and see what I can come up with and just leave these starches and these, you know, crappy refined flours out of my food. And I started doing that because, you know, raising four boys, dessert was, was uh, something everybody loved. And uh, I started with cupcakes and I would take this food 
And I didn't even bother cooking it ahead of time. So a lot of people are shocked when they're like, what, you don't cook the sweet potato? <laughs> you don't cook the beet? And I'm like, no, it gets cooked in the oven after you use your food processor. You know, that's the that's the beauty of having. Oh, my God. That's that, that's really beauty. <laughs> yeah, it is. It just makes it so much easier. And and, you know, the funny thing is, is you may keep uh, flowers and that in your pantry, but it's pretty easy to keep sweet potatoes and beets and carrots and and zucchini and that in your refrigerator. And so yeah. when it comes time to to make a cupcake, if you want to, or a cookie or whatever, you just grab out a couple of those things and add in some almond and coconut flour. And most of my recipes, I don't even add. Um, this is what I found when I started doing the cupcakes. I, I uh, have an ebook uh, called uh, Sweet Secrets, Real Food Cupcakes. And I made that book about five years ago, four years ago. Ooh, I like that one. Uh, it was so fun <clears throat> because you don't even use oil. So I would I would sweeten with uh, erythritol or stevia because there was no monk fruit really uh, readily available at that time. Oh my God, that's right. The monk fruit, that's current, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And monk fruit is awesome. Um, But I just throw uh, all these ingredients in my food processor, push the button, and then pour it into the cupcake thing and stick it in the oven. And I was like, this not only looks and smells and tastes like a cupcake, but I, I mean, you could really fool, I could fool all my kids. Yeah. And, uh, so after I discovered that, I just thought I I am never going to go back to these you know starches and grains and things that I know are not uh, as nutritious for me as fruits and vegetables. And uh, I eat eggs. I don't eat much meat, or I eat no meat other than than um, fish now. But that's just been a choice because when we. Yeah started raising them um, it's been a choice because an ethical choice for me because Cause you're raising I, animals yeah, I have I have chickens and goats and pigs and people would be like oh are you gonna eat them and I was like no they're my buddies <laughs> they are and so then I just started you know thinking I don't want to eat these so I still eat uh, some fish sorry fish but <laughs> um But anyway, so that's how I got started. And it was addicting after that. I was just like, what else can I make? This is crazy, you know. And then um, I started, moved on to breads kind of. I experimented with that. And I was like, I couldn't believe that I could make uh, this amazing tasting sandwich bread with uh, with zucchini and apples and things like that. And uh, so one thing led to the next. And uh, next thing you know, I have a book full of it. Uh, but let's back up. Okay. So, okay. you know, I have so many questions for you. All mm-hmm. right. And you, I have a true confession. I, I love a lot of things and I, I'm a foodie. So I love trying anything. I'll eat anything. And I love when it's really good for you and healthy. Um, but I don't, I'm one of those people that are fortunate. I didn't have an issue. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't have right. a stomach issue or whatever. Right. I, you know, just enjoy the way I feel. Like I can tell the difference in the way I feel, sure. you know, That's awesome. when I eat pure. But that being said, I'm not the best cook. So, <laughs> so all right, let's you sound just awful busy. <laughs> busy well, with other things. I'm busy, but I think it's like anything. If you really love it, you I, I think there you can get good at anything. You really can. Sure. And it's not like if I want to cook, it's not like it wouldn't be good, but because I don't do it that often, it takes me forever. Right. But I my 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 husband is a great cook. He doesn't Lucky like you. Eating. 
as healthy as I do. So mm. fast forward. Um, and my son, I wanted to eat healthier, but he's him and my husband are very, very, very picky. And I'm not like, I'll yeah. eat anything, you know, yeah. and I'll try anything. You're and, the perfect person to cook for. Yeah. Like you could give me anything like, okay, well, that's not great, but it's food and I'm happy and you cook for me and I'm a great cleaner upper. So I clean up at all the family gatherings, but I'm brainstorming here because I did, I got tested to see all, everything about my body and my blood work and my vibe and all that uh, a few months ago. And I was going to, my professor challenged me to do a study on myself first for eight weeks. Okay. Keep that in mind. He said, when we're, I just turned 59 on Friday. And he said to me before that, when were you in the best shape of your life? And I said, well, you know what? It was actually when I was 43, right before I had my son. I mean, it sounds older, but I was in phenomenal shape. So he's like, well, what did you do? And I said, well, I ate really clean. I didn't drink anything. I lifted four times a week and I taught 15 classes. So it's not that I don't think age matters, Annabelle, but I also had a totally different lifestyle, you know? And you know, I was teaching all these, whatever. He goes, okay, well, we, you need to do that. I go, have you lost your mind? I'm not <laughs> teaching 15 classes a week. You know what I mean? Like and do yeah. all this. He goes, well, how close can you get? What if we, you eat really strict and for eight weeks, like no caffeine and wine, whatever, and then lift more four times a week and just do more cardio. Like I mountain bike and all that. So I did it. And it was phenomenal, but I had to learn to cook basic things, which thank God I got your book around the same time. So I did a few of those <laughs> things, but the rest of them I made up. Nobody else in the family would eat it. They weren't great tasting, but they, they fit the mold. You know what I mean? There you go. So, yeah. So, at, but after it, I mean, not that I needed to really lose weight, but I, you know, I lost a bunch of weight. I felt even, I mean, I have tons and tons of energy. So maybe the average person, but I could see the difference in my skin, whatever, whatever. Well, wouldn't you know it, bugger. They couldn't get me in to retest me. So uh, now it's right before, you know, like this was like, it just ended like maybe five weeks ago before Thanksgiving and my birthday and people always take me out million places. So I stopped the study. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, I'm, I didn't go drastic, but, you know, I did, you know, put caffeine back in, you know, I didn't put the dairy back in. I still eat the oat milk, whatever, but now I have to redo it. You know what I mean? Like I have to redo the eight weeks. I mean, I, there's some things I just adapted. Like I know I felt better without this. I'm not a sugar person. So it wasn't like, oh, big, sweet thing. It didn't matter. But I'm yeah. thinking I have to redo it with a bunch of women. Why don't I do it and follow your book so I can like cross promote oh, and see, just see what I'm awesome. saying. That would be because, awesome. But what if I said, okay, well, this is a big heebie-jeebie though. Cause that means I have to cook, but okay. So <laughs> what if I did? I said, okay, when I started up, I think it's January one and I do, you know, the weight training and all that. And I think I'm bringing a bunch of women with me. They're all like, they like the way I look like, Oh my God, Oh my God. Because I'm not saying age doesn't matter because there are changes. I just don't think it's as drastic. And I know for my own self that people say, and I always say to people, okay, so you say you want this and this is what your goal is. And this is what your motivation, but this is a big kicker. Annabelle. what is your action you're willing to do? Do you see what I mean? Because you have to be willing to put in the time. So I'm not saying you should, but if I was willing to do this much cardio and this much strength training, which I did 
what would happen to my body as well as with eating. And it was amazing, you know, what happened. So I think, and I know this from my partner, David Rambo too, because his whole home eats like this and the kids eat like that. People think it's so drastic, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it has to be. Like, I think like you, like you said, there's little changes you can make until you gradually convert it over and you get your cabinets filled with the right food, right? Right. If you've got a family, it's pretty hard to go cold turkey. If you're alone and especially if you're sick, yeah, you, you need to do something drastic. But, um, you know, getting a family, first of all, everybody has to wrap their minds around it because we live in a fake world. I mean, let's just face it. Everything, everywhere you turn, um, unless you really think about it, you don't even realize what's fake and what isn't. And you'll, you're, we have such little time. It seems these days, we just keep so busy and we've allotted our time for other things. So, you know, cooking is one of the things that has gone to, um, you know, the, the wayside. wayside. Exactly. Yeah. And with, but that also brings me to another point, something else. And I don't know what you did with your experience experiment, but something else that I believe very strongly is that we need to uh, pump up our raw food intake a lot more than what. Uh, oh, I ate a lot of raw and I like raw food because I don't means I don't have to cook it. <laughs> well, there you go. And that's the funny thing. That's how I see it too. And that's why I also think fasting is so good. You know, we just eat too much. Uh, if the, the loads of toxins that go in our body through our food on a daily basis is just overwhelming sometimes. And then this whole, you know, three meal a day and then snacks in between. I mean, it's no wonder everybody's walking around with diabetes and, and, you know, too much weight they're carrying. And, and, uh, I mean, I'm also an, a person that believes that most of these uh, autoimmune illnesses and uh, mine, uh, from my experience, um, come from being exposed to to pathogens and uh, then your immune system not being uh, strong enough to uh, keep them in remission or get them out of your body. And they really can spread around and cause a lot of uh, a lot of chronic ill health. And I think um, I mean, there's plenty of documented cases uh about even just arthritis being connected straight to uh, different germs. And uh, it's, it's funny how it's just not real well. um, It's not put out in the media and uh, they just keep us on meds because they don't. Well, How do you feel right now? How do you feel? How many years, like you said, it's been, how many years have you been eating like this? Well, I started my journey about 12 years ago, but um, I've probably been eating like this about eight, eight years. Um, just grab, I mean, this, uh, completely grain free in that about eight years. But before that I was pretty, a couple years before that I was starting to get pretty clean with yeah. that. But, uh, I mean, even with me, it's been the, the thing people have to understand is it is a lifestyle and you, you really, I won't say that I've never stopped anymore at a fast food place and grab some onion rings because I'm not celiac. So I don't have some like horrible, you know, or life threatening reaction uh, to gluten. But there are a lot of things and I have discovered that it's way more than just gluten, you know, with me when you get, uh, I have, you know, joints that uh, have been damaged. And um, then the swelling in uh, my muscles and soft tissue 
is uh, like a burning feeling to where, you know, when yeah. you go to lift your arms and you, it hurts just to lift your arms and that if I'm, uh, I'm, if I eat something that has like some weird oil in it or some, uh, another thing that, uh, uh, I was experimenting with the Dr. Gundry's, um, plant paradox diet with eliminating the lectins and that sort of similar to the blood type diet where mm-hmm. you know, there's different lectins that supposedly, um, uh, they see one, like you can't, uh, cross, um, blood types, you know, if you, yeah. you know, think so anyway, the lectins, apparently one person's immune system can see a lectin, um, as a certain blood type type of thing and go after it. But, um, I was experimenting with that as well and realized I had some uh, relief in different areas of eliminating, like for instance, chia seed. Like I would never have thought that I used to eat chia, but uh, it's high in, high in certain lectins. Well, I have to eliminate potatoes. I mean, my love of potatoes, you know, you imagine when you go grain free, you know, it's like you're looking for some other starchy real food. So I really loved potatoes tomatoes and but the nightshades are really um will send me into a flare so i tomatoes peppers um uh potatoes and eggplant all things that i absolutely love but you know like i said if you if you don't feel good or you want to lose weight or whatever it might be you have to step step it up. Otherwise, what you're going to do is go into the doctor's office and they're just going to give you meds and you're going to continue eating things that are causing problems with your body. Yeah. So people, I, I mean, I really think doing an elimination diet to see uh, what things really bother you and, yeah. um, and then just keeping it, uh, making a lifestyle out of it and, and realizing that the benefit is so much more than, you know, n- stopping for that slice of pizza on the way home, you know, just, yeah. And like you said, everyone's individual. So there's some things that in general, you know, are not good for the masses, but there's other people that won't be bothered by eggplant, you know, or sweet potatoes. Exactly. Exactly. Now sweet potatoes, sweet potatoes are fine. It's the potatoes that you can't eat. (laughs) I can't eat. It's like they've got alkaloids and poisons that these, you know, these plants, have developed so that they can keep from being eaten, you know, and they, they do poison us, especially like the skins and all. So you have to, you have to watch those things as well. Yeah. And I love the fact that though, but you decided you were going to take charge of your journey, you, you know right. what I mean? And that's what everyone has to do. Like you said, you can't, it's a shame, but you don't, the doctors they're doing, I always say a lot of them are very well-meaning, but they only know, you know, what they learned in school, right? You know? Which is nothing as far as nutrition. I think they get like 20 minutes of nutrition or something, but, yeah. um, no, the doctors, what, yes, it is. Um, Western medicine is absolutely wonderful when it comes to, you know, saving your life and, you know, needing to do, you know, operations and things like that, that, um, have been, you know, truly incredible for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, medications, I, I mean, I'm not against all of this, but it, you, when you rely on that and, uh, you let your, you put your health and your body in the hands of a stranger, no matter what their degree is, um, you are taking your chances. You really are. Yeah. I, I, I love, but I love that you decided like, okay, I 
can do something about this. Do you know what I mean? I'm not just going to feel bad for myself or sorry for myself. There's got to be something I can do because it's not like you were a chef in the restaurant business or you weren't a registered dietitian before this. Right. No, no, I wasn't. I was just a mom. (laughs) Not just a mom, but I'm saying, you know, it would make sense. Okay. I was already a chef. I was already a cook. I was already, you know, in the nutrition business. You you did, you know, you learned this through hard knocks, which I think is amazing. So, I really do though. I mean, I know like I'm thinking on air and live right now, but think about it. You know, the, the women over 50, right? So, you know, you're talking about baby boomers, right? Mm -hmm. If we did like my book, you know, is all about the mindset, train your head, body will follow. So there's all about how, you know, to get in that zone so that you will stay and reach your goal. And we combined your thing. Ladies out there, you have to email. That would be an amazing study. It would. It? it would be. So, because I have to start that up again. I don't know if I could get it together by January, but maybe, you know, if women really are saying I'm committed, you know, for the mindset of it and, you know, the cooking part of it, you know, to follow the book and the guidelines for that eight weeks. Awesome. That would that be, be freaking awesome? And then. <laughs> And then, you know, we could study where they were before and, you know, they have to be, I'm not saying you have to do what I did. Like it's it's the same thing. It's an individual thing. So one part, you definitely want to do the mindset, you know, to get your head in that space for one to three minutes a day. And one part is you have to be willing to do the cookbook. But then as far as the movement, it's on an individual thing. There's some people that just should walk for five minutes a day. Do you see what I mean? Right, it doesn't right. have to be lifting weights four times. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. It depends on where they're at. You know, you got to yeah. start someplace. <laughs> right. And even with your cookbook, the Ultimate Grain Free Cookbook, they even if they don't do it 100%, you know how so many people will go like, I'll do it 80% or 75 It's just they have to commit like, all right, I'm going to eat like this 80%, you know, because some sure, people, sure. like you said, if they have a family, they may say, you know, I can't just go all in. Let, let me tell you what I did. I didn't even tell them what I was doing. I would just sneak things in. Like I had my husband for the first time, you know, try spaghetti squash, thinking it was spaghetti mixed uh-huh. in with all the veggies. Right. He didn't know. <laughs> I no clue. I'm not making a big deal because they wouldn't eat it. Right. I don't want them to go, right. gross. I did the same thing. Are you dead? Yeah. Well, you got to sneak those veggies in. That's why my recipes are full of them. You know, it's like you sneak the veggies in there and they don't even yeah, you don't know. You don't make this big thing. Try. If I said try spaghetti squash, they would vomit on me. I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, what did you think? He's like, not bad. Not bad. And he's like, oh my God, I can't believe you did it. I go, see? But you liked it. Because, well, I liked it, but not as much. I go, you're such a fibber. They, you know what I mean? They, yeah, exactly. they just get so stubborn, exactly. you know? <laughs> so, you know, but what about um, when you were growing up? Like, you know, like backing up, you know, years ago, did you ever, you know, have anything at all? Or was it once you reached menopause? Like, Oh, well, let's see. I know I was a really healthy kid as far as I know. Um, I mean, I did get, I, I got strep throat a few times. Um, oh, well, so yeah, does everybody, which yeah. isn't so good, but, um, yeah, when I was 18, um, when I got married and after I had my first child, I, 18? I got Woo-hoo! married at 18. Yeah. And he's still here in the other room. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Oh, we look at each other and we're like, oh, are we still here, really? <laughs> but it's been great. It's it's been a it's been quite. That's a, the, a whole nother podcast. Yeah. I love that. 
<laughs> well, after I had my first child, um, I actually had a urinary tract infection while I was pregnant, and it was my yeah. first, my first and only one. Um, but I got uh, antibiotics um, while I was pregnant, and um, after my uh, after I delivered, a few months afterwards, I started uh, getting some really bad swelling in my knees and it would start with one knee and then it would go down and go to the other knee and then it would be both knees. And it, it was very, very strange. I'm only, you know, what, 19 years old and I was super healthy. I was very athletic. And, um, I, I mean, I, I think I ate healthy for even back then. Um, but the doctors all thought, Oh, this was rheumatoid arthritis. And I went from one guy to the next and they kept doing the tests and, um, it always came back negative. So, um, eventually the swelling went away. Um, at first they thought it was a blood clot. Um, but anyway, um, the swelling went away and I didn't, I don't remember experiencing it again until I had my second child (laughs) and about Ah. about the same time afterwards, um, my knees did the same thing and, uh, nobody again could figure out what it was. And so, uh, By the time I had my third child, I knew this is probably going to happen again. And I figured this must be hormonal. You know, I just couldn't think what else it was and nobody else could figure it out. Um, They would drain the fluid. They tested and, you know, just was uh, it always came back negative for rheumatoid factor. So um, anyway, the that was an issue with me. It was uncomfortable, but it was something I learned to deal with and it would come and go. And I found that when yeah. I was healthier and feeling better, um, eating better, that I didn't experience any of it, any swelling, because after uh, the kids were born, then I started experiencing it odd times of my life. So then I was realizing it was uh, a lot of stress when my when my immune system went low because of stress, which, you know, you've got to imagine having kids is stressful. So, you know, when you have give birth, your body goes under a lot of stress. And so I thought it was hormonal, but it was actually a stress reaction in my body. And so when my my stress went low, that's when your immune system goes low. And that's when if you've got any sort of pathogens in your body, any, um, uh, you know, chronic illnesses from something, uh, people have to realize that, you know, you get sick you'll get an acute illness and that's when you've been exposed and something is running rampant through your, your body, whether you get a cold or flu or whatever it might be. And then your body, the immune system battles it and hopefully wins and ends up putting most of these, they'll clear the weaker ones, but it'll put a lot of them into what is remission. And they actually don't leave your body. They just go into like a little shell and they, they're in remission, but your body still has them. And that's why, like rheumatoid arthritis, um, for instance, patients, uh, people will come down with that after, say, an, a, a severe accident because they've actually already got the pathogen in their body in remission. Ah. But their immune system gets, gets hit so low trying to fight, you know, from the accident or whatever it is, or they get another illness. And that's when the rheumatoid arthritis, whatever the germ is that's causing it, um, will take hold. And, you know, rheumatoid, I say rheumatoid arthritis, but there's a zillion other types of arthritis out there, you know, caused by different pathogens and depending on where they go. But, um, yeah. So anyway, so that, that was my early, earlier years. And then I got, uh, I got sick again, um, 
about 12 years ago. And uh, I got a, a, at a restaurant, some sort of food borne uh, bug. And uh, that's been the, the, um, the reason why I've been, uh, had the fibromyalgia symptoms, the yeah. other arthritic, you know, my knees are there, but they're pretty much under control. <laughs> yeah. But the rest of it is from a different <clears throat> infection that I got. And both yeah. times these were infections. And I, I, that's where my research had led me. Well, it sounds like, you know, for others, you know, some people always say, you know, it was a blessing, you know, that these different things happened to them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about that, but what I do love is that it did cause you, you know, to find all these things that will not only help yourself, but help others. Thank you. you. Yes. I think that's my biggest contribution to, to the world right now is to try to get them to understand that we, that grains are not a food group, (laughs) not for humans. (laughs) We don't have beaks. We don't have, you know, multiple stomachs. We don't have constantly growing teeth like bovines and that we are not just because a few hungry people's ate grain, uh, to keep from starving does not mean it's a food group, you know? And when I have a question for you, when you hear a lot of people, and I know this happened to me, let's say, you know, you, you know, you don't eat a lot of pasta, you don't eat whatever. And then they can't wait and they go over to Europe and they, you know, go to France or they go to Italy and they say people that really have issues and they go, Oh my God, I can't wait to go. And then they eat the pasta over there and they said they didn't have any problems. Hmm. Yeah. I've heard that. I have heard that too. Well, well, you know, here in America, a lot of the the crops of wheat, which is the main thing that pasta is made out of, um, yeah. has been bred and crossbred to have higher gluten content. Um, <clears throat> you know, the more protein that's, if it's not organic, it's being sprayed with God knows what. Um, yeah. You know, so I I don't doubt that the wheat here is different than the wheat over in Europe. Um, Could be. It, you know, I mean, and it's true. I get, I get people that are like, you know, I've been eating wheat my whole life and they're, they're uh, 80 years old and they're trim and they're fine. Well, there's two things I would say is one, if, if they're not compromised, uh, with their, uh, possibly in their gut or, uh, some, with some other illness, then, yeah. then their body is strong enough and is very adapted to, um, yep to process this small amount of, of, uh, wheat or other grains, you know, and they're, they're doing fine. Don't change what you're doing then. Right. But it's working. Yeah, exactly. But you know, the thing also is, is, is I have to wonder, uh, the old timers are the ones when I do a book signing or whatever, and you get some people and they're questioning you, well, I'm fine. And you know, and Exactly. It's like, well, you know, have you ever tried cutting, cutting it out for four weeks and wonder if maybe you weren't as fine as you thought you were? Because we all get so used to what our normal is, um, how we feel, how we look and that. And uh, you don't really realize that maybe you could actually look and feel even better with a a few changes. And um, I love it. Yeah, I love it. No, you know, you're right. And I think that's true. Because people will say to me, well, why are you doing this eight week thing when I did it? They're like, you already, you know, look and feel great. And you already have more energy. I go, but I'm not just looking for that. I want to be like feeling um, for me where I am. I want to be feeling amazing and off the charts for as long as I'm here on this earth, you know, Mm -hmm. and I want to see how 
you know, high I can take my vitality. That's and great. it was fun to see, you know what I mean? And right. it was, it was really cool because people were like, well, you already looked and felt great. You already have tons of energy. I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> I, and I, and I know I am one of those people that I do. I am so resilient, you know, and I'm like, I just bounce back very quickly, That's but great. I still felt way better. So this we're going to have to wrap up here, Annabelle, but here's the deal. First of all, it's been amazing. I'm so it glad has. we got to talk. Thank this you. This is cool, cool, cool. I am serious out there. If you are a female over 50 and you want to participate in this, I'm doing it. I don't think I can get it all together by January because I want to put this out there for them. Are you and there? You and, um, me and Annabelle I, I will talk. Her. But she was just ending up. Please send us your information and we will go through it to see if you're a candidate. I think Annabelle's game on it. So we'll have to get together and see where they are and make sure they get all their, you know, testing and willing to do it. Because like I said, a lot of people might say they want to do it, but are you ready? You have to be ready to be ready. I always say. Yeah. And I, the biggest thing for me I'm going to make a pack with you that I am going to cook more. I'm going to follow some of these recipes because some of them are not time consuming. Right, Annabelle? That's right. You use your blender, your food processor, and it goes quicker than you realize. All right. And I have all those. So we're good. Awesome. All right. Awesome. So you and me are, we'll hook up another time and we'll get some details down. But in the meantime, I'm so excited. I wish I could come over there and hug you and come right out. <laughs> well, um, well, my friends, I have so many friends, by the way, shout out. I have so many friends that live in California, but there's a woman, I don't know if you ever heard of Keat Botanicals. It's Q-E-T. No. And the woman's name is Lisa Brill. She, I don't know where she was from, Wisconsin, but now I think she lives out there in Southern California somewhere. But it's all about skincare products. And her yeah. journey was she was getting all these rashes and all this different skin problem issues. And she realized there were no all natural products out there. Like even the ones that said they were for skin, they had, you know, all this stuff in it. Right. And so she because she believes it gets the same thing. It, you know, what's on your skin, your makeup, you know, your skincare, sure. it all gets absorbed through your system. So she, because of that, and didn't want to have to take all these medications and her skin was looking horrible, she formed this company called Key Botanicals, which is an all natural, you know, skincare company. And I met her a few years ago and she came out and uh, spoke at one of my workshops. It's called Inspired Beauty. And I didn't think anything of it. I hardly used any skincare products, but I started using it and it's amazing. You know, just the little simple things that you don't need all that stuff on your face. But I was thinking of you because for the same reason, she, I did a podcast with her and, you know, she was like saying, you don't realize that it gets absorbed in your skin, you know, and what you're putting on your face and that people think they need all this really, really expensive stuff to look great. And she showed me the same way. You don't need it. The, you know, just right. some basic things. So everything is small batched and it's not real expensive. And I just think you would love this woman. Oh, so I'm going to have to check it out. Sounds great. Yeah. And it's, yeah keep pretending. Look it up. Okay. All right, Annabelle, we'll for now, we're going to have to go. Okay. And for everyone listening, don't forget, make sure you highlight the positive in your life in your home, and your community, in the world. There's so much positive out there. Just have to open your eyes to it. And let's keep it real. Until next time. Bye, Annabelle. Bye, Sandy. Thanks so much. I had so much fun. I'm glad. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening. Remember, keep highlighting the positive and let's keep it real.